16. So there will be cake as well. You're welcome to that. Uh, we're celebrating with them. Uh, also, so we have a, a giving opportunity. Um, our church is looking to sort of raise some funds for some maintenance, some refurbishing. Uh, we're putting out a highway sign. Um, so if you want to mark your envelopes for that specifically, um, you can put indicate building fund. Um, uh, our goal is $35,000. Uh, looks like we have gotten up to 16000 if I'm reading this right. So we have 18800 some to go. Getting there. Thank you, Lord. We're going to make it. He'll provide. Um, quickly, there's some events coming up on uh, Wednesday, February the 28th. So that's uh, this Wednesday, I believe. Uh, there's a healing and deliverance, deliverance meeting here at the church uh, with Tim and Kathy Pomp. That'll be at 6.30 this Wednesday. And also there's a, a fish fry on Sunday, March the 4th, which I think is next Sunday. Um, does Paul want to say something about that? Is there extra information? Yeah. Uh, we need a little bit of help yet. We need two more guys to come to the kitchen and help out with that. Well, we're going to make potato salad on the side. So if somebody is interested in making part of that, that'd be awesome. So, and I think that's about it. So. Yeah, it's a guy serving... <laughs> Sounds like a challenge to me. <laughs> I don't think we can compete with the women, but we're going to do our best. Yes, we can eat. <laughs> All right. And lastly, there's a, a Colton Dixit Hot Hawk Nelson concert in Grand Forks Saturday, March the 3rd. So that's next Saturday. Uh, at 7 p.m., uh, Chantel Dudley has a Group tickets available for $15. So see her if you want to go to that. All right. So before we, uh, just a reminder, we have offering boxes in the box, uh, the back by the doors. We don't pass around plate or anything. But usually before we do, uh, we usually say a prayer over our offerings. But before we do that, I usually give a short word. We call it a, we call it a blessed life moment. Just to remind us of how blessed we are in Jesus Christ. And this is called, let me make this go away. All right. This is called uh, The Power of Small Gifts. So a few weeks ago, I made a mention of that familiar story that is commonly called The Lesson of the Woman uh, with Two Mites, uh, which today I thought we might turn our attention to on more fully, uh, as it is one of my, one of my all-time favorite Jesus moments in the Bible. And uh, it's a short passage, and so just to kind of remind us, of what Jesus was saying there. I'll read it for us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. Uh, and as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor woman put in two very small copper coins, those two mites. Uh, Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she has to live on. So although these are just four little sentences, the ramifications and lessons to be learned here, I think, are um, quite enormous. Uh, I think sometimes, and I certainly include myself in this, that we like this story because uh, it honors the humble, of course. But I think, if I'm being honest, I like it be also because coming from a, a poorer region of the world, 
I like to hear stories where Richie Rich and his pretentious, snobby friends are revealed to be the fools. And the blue-collar underdog gets his rightful deserts, is, is given the honor they deserve. But I don't think this is where, where Jesus is going here. Uh, note that he doesn't go on to belittle the giving of the rich men. He doesn't say that they were worth less, even though the giving of the poor woman was worth more. What Jesus really seems to be saying is that in the spiritual realm, there's a separate accounting of value that is lost to the eyes of men. And it seems abundantly clear that it was not the specific amount that mattered to Christ, who here knows that if we all brought in our pennies for our offering, it would be hard to heat this building, let alone provide for the ministry that we have going on here. Nor was it the most important thing that she was willing to give all she had, I don't think. Who knows that spending outside our means isn't out of the ordinary in our current society. It was that she entrusted everything she had to the Lord, that her heart, above all the others, exhibited trust in the God she knew would provide for what she needed. But I don't think it stops there. Because even beyond that, I believe this shows the true depth of care and attention that our God pays to the everyday, the regular, the mundane, and the forgotten. Uh, here we are shown a poor widow, so a second-class second class citizen in her society. Her very presence ignored, pro probably even barely tolerated by those around her. Her financial gift unrecognized by the treasurers was not accounted as any special donation and was allocated to probably very little practical use later on. But the God of the universe, standing unseen by her, singled her out, saw her, focused on her, and praised her faith, knowing full well that her spiritual contribution was large enough to move the very mountains knowing full well that it was her mites that would be remembered, affecting millions for the next 2,000 years, while the treasures of the rich would be scattered and lost in but a short time. So today, as we give our offerings, as we give of our own financial gifts, don't ask yourself if you've given everything in your wallet. Ask yourself if you've given your whole heart. Do you trust that it will never come back void with this Jesus, that regardless of the dollar amount, you sow into a far more real spiritual realm, that when we trust God wholly with what matters most to us, we break fear, we break that poverty and darkness, not just in this building, but in the world at large. So our tithes aren't just a duty here, not just a membership tax. I believe they're an act of worship, and I think an act of war against the, the spiritual darknesses of this world. So, Father, we thank you that in Ten Strike, Minnesota, in our little hometown church, that you see us, that when we catch your attention, there's something greater going on here than just putting our little coins into the back boxes. That when we sow into your ministry, when we sow into who you are, when we trust in you, the ramifications can affect the entire world around us. We thank you for who you are, Jesus, and we trust that you are going to do that through us. Amen. Um, her mother's passing. So, Father, we let's just bless them today. Father, we thank you that you're with them. You're giving them wisdom as they deal with the family uh, about the loose ends of things. Lord, we thank you for going before them, opening doors, making things go smoothly. In Jesus' name.
Amen. I want you to turn to somebody today and say, I know that. (laughs) One more time. I know that. (laughs) So I'm going to go through some basic things that most of us have known for a long time. But so you don't have to keep telling yourself, I know that, I know that. Now you can just listen. <laughs> Amen. Because every time we go through things, you know, there's like a, a, a deeper understanding of truth, even though we've heard it and heard it, yet the Holy Spirit takes us deeper into the revelation of God's heart. I remember listening to Billy Graham and his simple message on believing and coming to faith in Christ, and even though you had known it for many, many years, there was just a seed of life in it. Remember that? Hallelujah. And so we invite the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts today. God wants all of us to experience his glory. He wants all of us to have encounters with him. And so that our faith system is more than just a a belief, a doctrinal belief, a structured belief. He desires for us to experience reality of his life and his glory. And Pastor Steve has it in his heart that over the coming weeks that we would begin to talk about the move of the gifts of the Spirit within the body of Christ and within our local body. And this uh, applies to our meetings together, but also in our day-to-day life. God wants his glory and his spirit and his gifts to flow through each one as a means of service, expressing his heart. And so the gifts of the spirit are always given to serve others, to bless others, to edify others. Amen. They're not a statement of our spirituality. They're a statement of God's love that he reaches out to help people. Amen. just want to read what Lester Summerall has said about tongues. And when we speak in tongues, it's an entryway into moving into the gifts and sharpening the gifts and the awareness of God. And so we want to talk about that primarily today. And this is what he says over his lifetime of walking with God. The gift of tongues is not the learning of languages. Tongues has has positively no relationship to the thinking abilities of man. When a person speaks in tongues, he has no understanding of what he is saying. The Apostle Paul wrote, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. His spirit is speaking to God. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Tongues of speech to God, a vocal miracle. Let's say that together, a vocal miracle. What a marvelous thing. We can touch and cooperate with heaven when we speak in tongues. 
It's a combination of my heart and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God wants you to experience him. This is one of the ways he gives us as a continual experience of his glory and his presence. What a joy it, it is to speak personally and directly to the Most High God. This means that there's an element of faith and an element of courage related to this gift. You must be able to say in faith, Lord, I believe this is you. You must be able to say with courage, I don't care what men think. I'm going to let the blessing of God flow through me. God wants it to flow through each one of us. The gift of tongues is a special challenge and a sign to those, the Bible says, who are uninformed. So the, the natural mind cannot accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. And so in the natural mind, when we talk about speaking in tongues, it doesn't make sense. There's no reality. It's just talking gibberish or something. But yet, in the Holy Spirit, in the kingdom of God, it's a dynamic connection between the Spirit of God and my spirit. I do the speaking. He gives the utterance. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? Summerall goes on to say, only spirit-filled people or spirit-baptized believers are candidates for this gift. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is a door to the operation of spiritual gifts in your life. You must pass through that door to reach all the goodies on the inside. Many people want these mighty gifts of the Spirit to function in their lives, but are unwilling to step through that door. You know, in the church world, there's a lot of, of hindrances to step through that door because some of the things of the Spirit are portrayed in the wrong way. I remember when I was in high school, I, I, would, I would go into a Presbyterian camp, and one of the uh, counselors there, even though it was Presbyterian, he had association with the Presbyterian groups, but he was, uh, he attended kind of a charismatic church at that time, and I really didn't know anything about that then, but we wound up going to Bible school together in, uh, in Ohio. <clears throat> and one of the things he told me was that, there, you know, he says, I'm going to prove to people I can move with God and have the power of God without speaking in tongues. <laughs> well, what was portrayed to him, if you don't have tongues, then you really aren't fulfilled. And so tongues became the issue, not Jesus. Amen. And this is, back then, or what it is now, but it became like a un, unhealthy emphasis for many in the body of Christ. And it actually drove people away from that experience because of the attitude that people were caring about it. And we grow, you know, I mean that, we grow and I'm sure a lot of things have changed, but later on he, he started pastoring a church and God really blessed his church, but I had him come and speak at a church where I was pastoring and he, he said, well, I want you to know I'm speaking in tongues. 
He'd let down all the stuff and just start calling out upon Jesus and loving the Lord with all his heart. Wow. And God led him into that gift. And so tongues is not the sign or it's not, it is not the pinnacle, it is not the end result of spiritual pursuit. We draw near to God, we love him with all our heart, we embrace him, and he baptizes us with the Holy Spirit in fire. Let's just read this in Luke 3. <clears throat> John the Baptist prophesying about the ministry of Jesus that was to come. John answered and said to, them, said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I am. I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. When we are born again and we call upon the Lord, we open our heart to him. He makes everything new within us. The Spirit of God fills our heart. He immerses us or he baptizes us into the body of Christ. We become a member of his family. But Paul even puts it that we are members of his body. He is the head, we are the body. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit somehow takes our born-again heart and immerses us into the body of Christ. It happens when we call upon him, make him Lord of our life. Remember that day? Wow. Glorious experience. And at that moment, our heart is totally filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't add any more of the Holy Spirit into your spirit because... He has birthed you. He has come and he's dwelling within you. You're walking in the life of his glory. And so any idea that if you don't have the baptism in the spirit or speak in tongues that you're somehow incomplete in Christ, that's not true. He brings you total righteousness before the Father. You're cleansed, you're all your past is gone. You have a brand new life. And all things are of God, Paul says. He fills us with his presence. There is not any more of the spirit that can fill our inner man. We are born of God. It is not some of the Holy Spirit that fills us. He comes in all his glory. And he chooses to abide within us forever. That's the born-again experience. Amen. But the Holy Spirit that fills us on the inside will lead us to the point where we allow Jesus to anoint us with power, to baptize us with power. And he says, when that Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses. Hallelujah. And so, when, we, when we're seeking tongues, 
That's the wrong thing. We're seeking Jesus. We're seeking the power that will express his glory to the world. We're seeking his heart. We're just falling in love with him. We're just in love with him, in love with him, in love with him. And I just opened my spirit to him and I abandoned my heart to him. And he says that he will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. And so this baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate work of grace that comes from the hand of Jesus Christ and anoints our life. Amen. But we have to present ourselves to him for it. We, we have to surrender to it. We could, Lord Jesus, baptize me with your spirit. Listen to what Paul said in Acts 19, verse 2. And I'm just going to read this one question that he asked the, the believers there. He said to them, there are a couple of verses here, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is in Jesus. But when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid his hands upon them, and the Holy Spirit came on them. And they began to speaking in tongues and prophesying. And so just the question that he asked here shows that Paul had an understanding of the second work of grace. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Amen. It is so necessary. Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. They saw him. He was resurrected from the grave. They heard him. They touched him. He breathed on the apostles and received the Holy Spirit. The breath of the life of God filling their heart, born again. And now he said, now that you believe in me, in my resurrection, do not leave the, the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high that you will go with, with my power upon you and you shall be my witnesses. This is the plan of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts 10, 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. And all the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Hallelujah. They were speaking in tongues. And what, right while he was speaking, while Paul was preaching his message, the Holy Spirit fell. Remember back in the 70s, I was doing a home meeting and you know we had, I think I maybe shared some of this, but there was like 40 people crammed into this little home and somewhere in the kitchen and I mean, they were all over the place. But anyway, we were... people that were mostly Presbyterian, but we were just calling out to the Lord. 
And I had my guitar and we were singing and I said, you know, you can receive the Holy Spirit right while we're worshiping. And after the service over, about three people came and said, you know, I started speaking in tongues while we were worshiping. <laughs> Amen. You know, God is not limited as to how he will baptize us with the Holy Spirit. We don't need someone to lay their hands on us. That, that can happen. He can just fall upon us. Amen. Just while we're seeking him and we're loving him. Amen. So with the gift of tongues, we go beyond our understanding. Amen. And so where my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me is praying, from my mind, my understanding is not driving it. I may get revelation that comes up into my mind. I may get insight into the word of God, into the character of God, but the language is from heaven. So it's, it's a thing where God doesn't just speak through me. I'm just, you know, just sitting there. I cooperate with him. I pray and the Holy Spirit takes and gives me the words to pray, but I have to do the speaking. So it's that learning how to surrender to the cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Amen. God wants you to experience his glory. Let's just take a moment and open our heart to him. Let's just take a moment. If you have not passed through that door, if you haven't, even though you may have been born again and you love the Lord, but now the Holy Spirit is coming and he's testifying with your heart. Yes, this is what I want to do in your life. I want to give you an added blessing, a power to be a radiant witness for me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, open up hearts today. It will change your life. When you have this power of God, but in the overflow of that power, in the reality of that power, you speak in communion with the heart of God by praying in tongues. Oh, Father, I want you, I desire you, I desire you. You know, for many times in meetings, we have guest speakers in, and they would be talking about the Holy Spirit and things, and but their whole goal was to get people to speak in tongues and they would hear him say something. You got it. We had some young people go through that and later I asked them during the week, you know, they spoke in tongues and I said, well, how is that going? Are you feeling some connection with the Lord? And they said, well, I haven't really thought about it since. Well, that, that's not what God wants. 
Amen? He wants to captivate our hearts. He wants you. He wants you. He wants you. He died for you. He wants you. When he anoints you with power, there's a, a, a greater revelation, understanding of our connection with him. Your spirit is yearning and longing for this, for this greater reality. And this is something we step through that door and we keep pressing on for more and more and more union. Our awareness of that union, more and more, Lord. We keep crying out, out unto him and we'll be in that condition until we see him face to face. It's all about Jesus. It's all about loving Jesus. It's all about drawing near to him. Amen. Years ago, I was praying after I'd been filled with the Spirit and was praying in tongues and before our, uh, we did a Sunday night meeting. and <clears throat> It was interesting. I was praying, all of a sudden I saw this lady up in the heavens before me to picture her. I saw her face. And then I saw another fellow I didn't know and I knew him, but I didn't know him personally, but I knew who he was. And all of a sudden, as I was looking at him, half his face melted and turned deformed like a wax was melting. And God said, this man raped this woman. I had no idea they had any contact with each other. I didn't know. And she had been involved with our meetings. And anyway... The next night, we had our meeting, and she was there. And after the meeting, I just walked up to her and I said, "Did so and so? Did something happen between you?" I called his name and you, and she just burst into tears. She had not told anyone. She had just buried this, and we began to pray, and God began to release her heart from that trauma. See, the gifts of the Spirit. That would have never been unlocked, perhaps, if the gifts of the Holy Spirit had not been in operation. We need the manifestations of the gifts to serve the needs, to serve the hurts, the things that are locked into people's hearts, things that are buried there that they're too ashamed to talk about. Praying in tongues opens the door for these gifts to begin to manifest. Love by itself does not have the power to reach in and take hold of some of these hidden things. The gifts without the love is shallow and hard. But the combination of the two reaches out in compassion and mercy and yearning and God can break down the walls. Amen. Father, we present our hearts to you today. I ask that you'd come and everyone that's, that you have just begun to stir something within their heart, I ask you to bring them into that place, Lord, of this surrender to you where all the natural questions are taken away and they can just open their heart, Lord, for you to fill them. And that spirit can come down upon them, anoint them to be a dynamic servant in your kingdom. Accomplish in them what you have designed from eternity. 
Let none of us, Lord, reach the end of our life and not have access to what you have designed. We surrender to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God, we have a meal today, so please join us. And uh, if you'd like prayer, we'd be glad to pray with you. Want to be prayed? Want this prayer and receiving the Holy Spirit? If you need to come to know Jesus in a personal way, just come and we'll pray with you. So thank you, Father, now in Jesus' name. Amen.